Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. All right, so we're finishing our series up. Our theme this month has been called Ghosted. We said that ghosted in the world sense is to be canceled, is to be, you have a relationship, everything's moving along, all of a sudden you're canceled on social media, they won't answer the phone, you're blocked on the phone, all this stuff happens. The world calls ghosted this cancel culture mentality that basically you can have a friend all of a sudden they just disappear and you are treated as a pariah, you are shunned. But the Holy Ghost, to be Holy Ghosted, is to be loved and accepted, is to be empowered, is to be received, and is to be, uh, he will in no wise cast you out. He'll never stop his love upon you, no matter what you did, what you do, or what you're doing. He loves you. Now, let me just say this. The Father's love is not a permissive love. It's not a license to sin. But it is a love from which we get our identity, and out of that identity we find our inheritance. Amen? It's that order. I'm not preaching yet, I'm just talking. The reality is uh, most of us in the church today are still focused a lot on doing instead of being. And if we do, God will have, will have God's attention and he will give us, he'll bless us and he'll take care of us. That's not the way it works. God's love is he loves you where you are, who you are. He just loves you too much to leave you where you are right? He accepts you, but that is not a license to go and just treat his holiness with contempt. But his holiness doesn't make him leave every time you mess up. He's always right there, right there, waiting to love, to restore, to nurture, to strengthen, okay? So I want to give us, so today's message is called, Don't Give Up the Ghost. Don't Give Up the Ghost. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I've been meditating on this for a long, long time, and so I hope it comes out right. Lord, I need your help. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6 says this. Paul writes, however, we speak wisdom. Sorry, I need to adjust this mic thing so it doesn't rub my face there. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. The rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. The evil rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Okay, am I making the point? But, so we don't speak that wisdom. We don't speak human wisdom. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. What did we say last week? When we pray in our heavenly language, we pray mysteries of God. What are these mysteries? We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Hidden things, secrets of God's heart that we pray out that we don't know how to pray for as we are, but the Holy Spirit himself prays through us with groanings that cannot be put into man's language. When we pray, we pray the wisdom of God in a mystery and God starts to turn the light on and reveal it. it what is it? It's the hidden wisdom of God. Verse eight, which none of the rulers of this age knew for had they known they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now, I'll come back to that. It's complicated. 
Peter, in his uh, epistles, even mocks sometimes Paul's writings, and he said they were too complex. We're going to break it down, and we're going to make it easy, okay? But just take it, we'll come back to that. Verse 9, and this is, this is a preach, verse 9 is a preach text all over the world. I'll bet you thousands of places are preaching this text today from verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. The problem is, a lot of people are going to stop at verse 9, give you that text and make it sound like we can never know all the great things God wants to do for us. But that's not what verse 10 says. Read it again. <clears throat> I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God, say but God. But God, say, has revealed. Past tense. He has revealed them to us through his spirit. You just don't get them from a book. You don't get them from your head. You get them from the Holy Spirit into your spirit. And when you do, you develop these, the wisdom of God, okay? So God has revealed them to us. For the spirit, knows, the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world or the Spirit of the age, but the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who is from God. Look at this. Here, Why do we receive the Holy Spirit? That we might know. That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. The Amplified Bible says this way. That we might realize and comprehend and appreciate the gifts of divine favor and blessing so freely and lavishly given upon us. Amen. We've been given the Holy Spirit that we might know some stuff that the world doesn't know. That we might see some stuff that the world can't even see. Are you getting the picture today? <clears throat> Verse 13 from the Amplified and I'll stop there. And we are setting these truths forth in words. Not English words. Not Hebrew words. Not Greek words. But we are setting these truths forth in words. Not taught by human wisdom. But taught by the Holy Spirit. Combining and interpreting spiritual truths with spiritual language. To those who possess the Holy Spirit. And I'm done. <clears throat> anyway, just, that is, let's pray one more time. God, would you turn the light in on our hearts? Holy Spirit, we can't get these things unless you'd flip the switch. We say we receive, we set our hearts to understand, and we ask you to turn the lights on where the revelation comes in. Flow in us, for us, and through us in your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week we talked about the Holy Ghost, we called it uncorked. We said God has saved the best wine as the new wine for now, not for last, for now. The craziness of the world is not a reason to allow fear or intimidation to hold you back from God's best, right? So I want to kind of share a little set of what came in my spirit. <clears throat> I did some, I, I like stories, I don't know about you, I, I don't like just Sometimes the line-by-line um, -line teaching loses me. Uh, I, I, like to, I like to hear 
the backstory. I like to hear something that applies to it that makes me understand it. So here, this is for some of you. Some of you like history, some of you don't. But I like stories. I kind of mine stories. <clears throat> and I, this one hit me the other day, and I, I just followed the trail of it. You know, at the beginning of World War II, a civil engineer in Los Angeles named Philip Johnston, who'd been a World War I veteran, this is like 1942, the World War II was just breaking out. Philip Johnston was a World War II veteran. He was a son of missionaries, and he was a worker in Los Angeles. He was, his parents were missionaries to the Navajo people in New Mexico and Arizona. So he grew up, I was going to say without reservation, but he grew up on reservation. <clears throat> Sorry. He had an inno- and he had an innovative idea when we were attacked in Pearl Harbor at the end of 1941, and he... He believed that Navajo could satisfy the military requirement for an undecipherable code. He said it's, it's the, he thought it's com, complex syntax and phonology, not to mention its numerous dialects, made it unintelligible to anyone without extensive exposure and training. He only understood it because he had been raised there. One estimate indicates that at the outbreak of World War II, fewer than 30 non-Navajo people could understand the language at all. It was that complicated. And they needed a way to communicate with the allied powers around the world fast. So in early 1942, Johnston met with the commanding general of the amphibious corps, Major General Clayton B. Vogel, and his staff. Johnston staged simulated combat conditions which demonstrated that Navajo men could transmit and decode a three-line message in 20 seconds compared to the 30 minutes it took the machines of the time. The early pre-computers, 30 minutes or 20 seconds. So the idea came to him and he demonstrated the idea of using Navajo speakers as code talkers was accepted. Vogel recommended that the Marines recruit 200 Navajo However, that recommendation was cut to one platoon to use as a pilot project to develop and test the feasibility of the code. On May 4th, 1942, 29 Navajo men were sworn into service at an old U.S. Army fort that had been converted into a boarding school, Fort Wingate. They were organized as Platoon 382. The first 29 Navajo recruits attended boot camp in May of 1942. The code talkers used short descriptive phrases. For example, the Navajo did not have a word for submarine, so they translated it as iron fish. Here's the great part. At the Battle of Iwo Jima, you know the statue that shows the Marines putting the flag up? At the Battle of Iwo Jima, Major Howard Connor, 5th Marine Division signal officer, had six Navajo code talkers working around the clock during the first two weeks of the battle. These six men sent and received over 800 messages, all without error. Connor later said, were it not for the Navajo code talkers, the Marines would never have taken Iwo Jima. They were so integral to the Allied forces' victory, several U.S. presidents have given special recognition and high honors to the heroic code talkers. At last... As of last year, there were only two remaining out of all the ones they recruited for the war. 
Um, I'm not sure if they were in the first 29 or not. But just what an amazing tool it was to be able to have these people come in and be able to get messages to and from around the world in just seconds. It saved lives and it helped win the victory. What if I told you there was a top secret code available for you to use as a direct line between you and the creator of the universe, your heavenly father? What if I told you that there was something so simple yet so complex that the Holy Spirit could teach you a language that you could pray and you could pray in perfectly in harmony with God's will without questioning God's will? A love language between you and your heavenly father, undecipherable to the enemy. And not only that, but when it was first revealed at Pentecost, the outsiders who heard that language understood it as the wonderful works of God in their own language. The word is megaleos in the Greek. They heard the wonderful working of God. They were, they were magnifying the Lord and praising him. But the people that came from all over the world for a Jewish convention in Acts chapter 2 heard that language and understood it in their own. Supernatural. God cannot do anything on the earth unless someone prays. Yeah, I said it right. Not wouldn't. God cannot do anything on the earth unless somebody asks him to. You say, well, he's God. Can he do anything? Yes, but he sovereignly chose to limit his involvement on earth. The, the Bible says the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. When he formed and created Adam and Eve in the garden, he said to them, now you manage the earth. You be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, take dominion. It's gonna be your management that is gonna help this thing to go forward or not. And when they sinned and committed high treason against God, the whole earth was in a fallen state ever since. That's why a lot of people, you know, they, they want to question, well, if God is real, then why are, these, why are people dying in Palestine? Why are people dying in Israel? Listen, God only intervenes in the affairs of men when he's invited to. And the fact of the matter is, many people, most people, push God away. And not only will they not cooperate with what he wants to do, they won't ask him to do what he already wants to do. They won't release his hand to do it. The Bible says that he is looking. He's looking for someone who will ask him. He limited his own sovereignty to include his children in every earthly process. That's why prayer is so important that we understand it. By the way, we've got something coming up. Because we did special prayer this past Wednesday, we're not going to have it this Wednesday night. Usually it's the first uh, Wednesday of the month. But we're doing something special that we want to invite everybody to that has an interest in prayer. And that is a week from Wednesday and two, and two weeks from Wednesday, be the November the 8th and the 15th at 7 o'clock, we're going to have what we call prayer school. And we're going to help remind you if you've already known, stir you up, but we're going to help teach those of you that don't know how to pray or really get frustrated with prayer. Uh, we're going to teach you some basics in prayer uh, as we prepare for our 10 days of prayer coming up in January. We want to teach you. So November 8th and 15th is prayer school. Pastor Chris will announce more later. 
even before the first coming of Jesus. And this is what the passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 lit up to me in a way it's never uh, lit up before uh, as God was showing me something. Even before the first coming of Jesus, his perfect sinless life, his magnificent ministry years, and his sacrificial death on the cross and rising from the dead, none of those things could happen on the earth without somebody praying. The Bible said, as if the rulers of that age had understood what was going on, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. They would have known it was a trap. So God has prayed through stammering lips and other tongues, even in the Old Testament, through people who just wanted to flow with some of you have seen some of the, 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 the Jewish rabbis just getting before God and, and moving like this. That God can move upon people to pray, but you have to be willing, a willing vessel to cooperate to let him pray through you. It doesn't have to be fancy. I, I, get, I get so frustrated because so many people think that prayer has to be eloquent. It has to be, thou great God from heaven, thank thou for thouest, and using King James. God wants to talk to you, man. He wants to talk to you. He wants you to talk to him. Prayer is a conversation. It's not a monologue. It's a dialogue. It's a conversation. And somebody, when I saw that and understood that somebody had to pray, even for all the things to come to pass, for all the 2,500 or more prophecies of the Old Testament that Jesus personally fulfilled that no one else could possibly have fulfilled, all those things had to be prayed for by people. And then I, I, I was like, well, Lord, well, show me that. Show me that. All of a sudden, I looked at Luke chapter 2, verse 25 and, and verse 36. A man named Simeon and a woman named Anna, who were two obviously prophetic prayer warriors, intercessors, who recognized Jesus as the Messiah at his infant presentation to the Lord, his baby dedication, if you will. Had the enemy known what was going on, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory because they'd have recognized the trap. Don't think that these things are new things that God wants to do through us. He has always found people on the earth who would ask him to do what he wants to do, who would release him. I love Ezekiel 22, verse 30. said this, so I sought, God said, so I sought for a man among them who'd make a wall, stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy, but I found no one. Remember, I, listen, I just heard somebody say something so ridiculous the other day, and I'm not gonna say who, who it was, but it's a Hollywood actor who got saved and has a strong relationship with God. But he made this comment. He said, if God doesn't judge America, he owes an apology to Sodom and Gomorrah. That is such nonsense. I can't even tell you how much nonsense it was. The sin of Sodom and Gomorrah wasn't the homosexuality and all the extreme lustful things and the dark things they did. It was because Abraham couldn't find at least one righteous person in it. Abraham was interceding for Sodom and Gomorrah and said, God, if you could find 50 righteous, will you spare the city? God said, yes, I will spare the city. He said, what about 40? Yep, yep, I'll, I'll, I'll spare it for 40. Yeah. Abraham kept going, what about 30? How about 20? How about 10? The, the problem with Sodom and Gomorrah was not the 
horror of their sin and it was horrible. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm saying the, the, the judgment came because there was no church. There was no righteous. There were no righteous people of God in that place and they were struggling. And so that's why they were judged. My friends, we are praying for America. We're praying for healing. We're praying for freedom. We're praying for unity. We're praying for deliverance. We're praying our nation comes back to God. Don't be afraid of God's judgment. The only people that want it judged appear are the, the gloomers and the doomers who don't understand that God's love is not based on performance. Are you getting this today? I think I'm preaching better than you're amening. So. God said, I sought for somebody to stand in the gap. Make a wall. I couldn't find anybody. Isaiah 59, 16 says this. God said, I wondered that there was no intercessor. When I saw the condition of the world, I wondered that there was nobody to pray, nobody to ask. My friends, prayerlessness is what is powerlessness. We've been entrusted with powerful gifts, beginning with the Holy Spirit himself, called the promise of the Father. Jesus urged the early disciples to wait for the promise of the Father, wait for him. And he, he talked about him as the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Father's gift is the Holy Spirit. Peter gets up to preach the first sermon in the book of Acts after Pentecost. And he gets up and he says, he says uh, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you shall receive what? The gift of the Holy Ghost. The gift of the Holy Spirit. Not only were they not turned off by hearing people pray in other languages, pray in tongues, if you will, pray in the spirit. They weren't turned off. They were turned on. It was attractive. He said, if you'll repent, you can have the same gift. We act like we are ashamed of the Holy Spirit in our time. And, it, uh, and I understand that it, it, Sunday morning is not the time we just come together and have a prayer meeting all the time. We have service and we have teaching. We have the word in a way that everybody can grasp and grab. But understand God wants to do something great in our time and we can't be squeamish or, or, or even half-hearted like, well, well I, I, yeah, I want this, but I, 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 I don't know. I don't, well, maybe I do. Maybe I do. Well, maybe I don't. Well, maybe I don't. Well, maybe I do. Well, maybe I don't. It's not time to do the Charleston in the 20s. It's, that's 100 years ago. You can certainly say no to a gift. But why would you possibly say no to a gift that the creator of the universe wants to give you to help you live a great life? Why? 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 If you really trusted God as your father, not just some mist or some being, if you really understood and trusted him as your father, why would you be afraid of him giving you gifts? See, that's just wrong. Too many Christians have become timid. Hear me now, those of you at home as well. Too many Christians have become timid because they're more afraid of getting the wrong thing Believing in the power of evil more than God's power to do good than trusting the word and the spirit of God for the right thing. 
Too many people, we're so, uh, uh, listen, I believe in measuring by the word of God. I believe we're, we're to measure things by the word, not just our experience. But let me tell you something. God is able to protect you. The word says, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. That's in there and we quote it, but we don't believe it. Throw caution to the wind. Let God breathe on you. He's not going to make you go act stupid. God's promise, listen, from Luke 11. Everybody knows the Lord's Prayer, right? Everybody knows the, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know that prayer? Okay. At the end of that prayer, Jesus is drilling down into the essence of prayer and how it works. And he said this from the Amplified. What father among you, if his son asks for a loaf of bread, will give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will he instead of a fish give him a snake, a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? What's the answer to those three questions? No. A parent, a good parent, would never substitute something dangerous for something when somebody's asking for something good and helpful and they would give them something dangerous instead. No good parent, no good father, no good mother would do that. Listen to the context. If you then, evil as you are, in other words, having an evil nature, a sinful nature, know how to give good gifts, gifts that are to their advantage to your children, the Amplified says. Gifts that are to the, their advantage to your children. How much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask and continue to ask him? Your father is trustworthy. Your heavenly father is trustworthy. When we were, when my wife and I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, um, in fact, that's, uh, it's this week, 37 years ago, 1986, Halloween night, 1986, my wife and I were watching Christian television and got filled with the Holy Spirit. We were in a church that said, taught against it and said, that's not for today. That's not real. That's, you don't need the, you don't need miracles today. You don't need healing today. I'm thinking, really? You don't need miracles? You don't need healing? How about daily? How about daily you need help from God? When you seek the Father's gifts and power, he will not let you get a counterfeit. They brought aprons and cloths from Paul the Apostle, and people were healed with the point of contact. Read it in the book of Acts. They were healed as there was a point of contact. They took stuff that Paul had touched, and they took it to people who had demons, put it on them, and demons were cast out. I do not believe in, in spooky, spiritual, weird trinkets and, and all that nonsense. We're, this is not superstition, it's supernatural. Okay? But the fact is, we sometimes get so woo about the, uh, about the things of God that we miss them because we're so afraid it's going to be spooky or weird. And I'm just telling you, I don't know how it works. But I know it does. I don't know how the Holy Spirit, I don't know why Pastor Lindsay and I both knew after that second song, I was supposed to get up and say something. Pastor Lindsay looked at me and said, you have something? And I had something. I don't know how I got that. I just know if I get up and open my mouth, his word says he'll fill it. He'll fill it. 
I don't know why he had me minister to Kathy Grusser, but he, but he did, because we're praying for Kathy for a long time, and she had a bad report this week, and we're believing for it to turn and be a good report. Amen? I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know, I don't know how it works. I just know his love is the motivation behind it, and if you'll move in his love, you can be a vessel to help somebody else too. If, you, if, if your motivation is his love instead of being seen or being known, then God will just move through you and it becomes supernaturally natural. But we've got to get a, where, we're, where we quit being afraid of getting the wrong thing so we get no thing. Either he's real and his word is true or he's not real and it's not true. And if he's real and it's true, then he still does miracles today because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You say, well, I've never seen anybody take a handkerchief and put it on anybody and a demon cast out. I have. I have. We've seen, we've seen prayer cloths and different things as points of contact, prayed for people that you can't get to, or prayed. We used to have people come in the early days of the church when we had just come out of Benny Hinn's ministry, and they, they knew the power of God was real, and they knew it was on us, and they would come and say, hey, would you pray over this... Um, this little, like a dryer sheet looking thing. We're going to stick it, I'm going to stick it in my drug addicted son's pillowcase. And we're going to pray for him. And I've seen that guy set free. I didn't do it. The dryer sheet didn't do it. But the problem is we get, we get so freaked out in the modern church where we don't, want, we don't take our inheritance because we don't understand it. Listen, these are, there are so many things, blessings and benefits of our inheritance that have been given to us through the sacrifice of Jesus. And I, as I said earlier, I often hear the people quote, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered in the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. As if it stops there. And it doesn't stop there. The next word is but. You got to watch God's but sometimes. Because God's but will come in and say, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. My aunt that was the only spirit-filled Christian I knew, that most of you know the story, I call her, called her my crazy aunt from New Jersey. She was the only charismatic person we knew back in the day, 40 years ago. And when we were asking God, what, what? Uh, we, we were asking God, seeking God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We didn't know what we were seeking. We just wanted more of God. And my aunt talked to, about it, talked to us on the phone one night. And, she, and I said, well, how do, you, how do you get it? How do you receive your prayer language? She said, well, back in the charismatic days, she just said, I got a funny story. She said, the smarter the people were, the harder they were to receive. And she said, God used frequently would just kind of let them look a little silly sometimes. Not to embarrass them. She said, this, this professor came from somewhere in New Jersey and came to a prayer meeting and asked for the power of the Holy Spirit. And the power of God came on him and he began to speak out in his prayer language. And all he could say was, put, 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 put. She said it was hilarious and joy hit the whole meeting. And he was not only not embarrassed, it, once he used put, 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 he did more than put. 
He received a gusher. He received what God wanted to do. I just feel like sometimes we so complicate things. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. What's he revealed? Our inheritance. The fact that we're loved already. That our identity comes out of his love. Let's learn to receive everything God has given us through Jesus. Let's get out of our... Having to run everything through the finite brain and tap into the infinite Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. Jesus said this, out of your belly, not your brain, not your head, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. I always found it interesting that the entrance of a river is called the mouth of the river. A river has a mouth where the water exits into another place. What is praying in the spirit when, you don't, when you're not comfortable with it? It is simply God and you connecting in a better, in a stronger way. And you begin to pray mysteries. You begin to pray the wisdom of God and stuff you don't know that only he knows. You begin to pray in a different way. And he reveals himself. My friends, it goes to this, and I'll finish with this thought. It goes to your heart view of God, not your theological view of God, your heart view, where the rubber meets the road. What do you really believe about God? Because I want to say to you, the Father isn't cruel, he isn't critical, and he isn't angry, and he isn't focused on your flaws and your faults, waiting to smack you when you mess up, or waiting to withdraw his presence because you said a bad word, or you did something, or you had an impure thought. God's not leaving you like that. The Bible says no one can snatch you from the Father's hand because you have his heart. His love is on you and for you. We all have messed up. We've all messed up since we've been awake this morning with thoughts going through here. But the purity of the Holy Spirit coming through here in rivers of living water. He's a good father. And his Holy Spirit is here to help you. Let's quit being afraid of the Holy Spirit and become code talkers. Let's pray prayers. Let's pray the will of God. Let's pray we're on target. Let's pray, <clears throat> let's pray that God will do things in the Middle East and in America and around the world right now that help reset us. And not be looking for the gloom and doom and the judgment. If you're a vessel of judgment upon America, then you need to find another church because that's not what we're about. I'll tell you right now, we're not, I'm not going there. God owns an apology to, to, no, you're dumb. If you think, if you're going to use that as some kind of theological, critical judgment, you're a fool. Because that's not who our God is expressed through Jesus Christ. His love never fails. It never gives up. And it never runs out. Open your heart to a fresh flow of the Holy Spirit. In these crazy times, never give up on the ghost because our Holy Ghost will never leave you, never forsake you. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word and your spirit. We thank you for your life flowing through us. 
Now I pray, Holy Spirit, as a mighty rushing wind, that you would settle upon the life, the head, the heart, the being of everyone who will open themselves up to you. Lord, those of us who've already been filled with your spirit, we need to be refilled. We need a fresh anointing. We need fresh the new wine, the fresh oil of the Holy Spirit today. We can't live off of yesterday's oil. We can't live off yesterday's meal. We can't live off of yesterday's anything. We want you today and we need you today. Holy Spirit, would you come right now? Would everybody just do something for me? This might be a little crazy, but that's okay. Put your hand on your own forehead right now. Just put your hand on your own forehead. Holy Spirit, would you touch and fill every person here in the sound of my voice, everyone whose heart is open, everyone whose hand is on their head, Lord, we cast down imaginations and we ask you to stir up the gifts of God. Stir up the anointing. Stir up the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. If, you're a, if you don't know Jesus, pray this with me. Just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Change me from inside out. Forgive me my sin. And if you already know him, then just say this with me out loud. Just say, Jesus, I need more. I need your Holy Spirit in every gift, in every power, with every touch. I need you more than ever. Would you come and fill me now from the top of my head to the soles of my feet? Would you come and heal me and set me free? Would you come and fill me with the spirit of boldness that I can speak forth your word in power and in strength. Every place I go this week, let your presence and your unction be with me and work through me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now look up here. If you meant that, if you meant that, then you and your heavenly father are gonna work together in some things this week. You just have to be bold enough to say hello to somebody you maybe don't know or haven't talked to you in a while or whatever else, just be aware that the Holy Spirit is with you this week, that you're his vessel. If you've never prayed in the spirit, I invite you to stay after church for a couple of moments. We'd love to pray with you right up here at the front. I'm gonna let everybody else go. But I want you to know that this, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that includes the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. We need him more than we've ever needed him. And we're going after him. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap if you receive that word today. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook.
and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you.